Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome into the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. This is quarter number one brought to you by New Trail Brewing. They brew their beer right here in central Pennsylvania and deliver fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. Your biggest dilemma is which of their many options to select. I just got to point out, one of our listeners sent me a note. He said, Dusty, he said, Jim, I took your advice. I got the hoppy pack from New Trail. That's where you get the variety of beers. And he said, Jim, you were absolutely correct. There's a lesson in there, Dusty. And you know what that lesson is? Just listen to Jim. I, I, I'm i still, we've known each other for what, like seven years done. I'm still trying to learn that lesson. I would also say this show has too much integrity to be throwing false advertising out there. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want it known. It's been confirmed. My advice is solid. Get the hoppy variety pack. Go to your retailer. If they don't have it, you ask them why. Just trust me. New Trail Brewing, all their beers. Everyone I've tried, Dusty, has been fantastic. Do the variety pack, and you cover a lot of bases. All right. As long as I keep saying you got to listen to me, Dusty, do you mind if we start with me putting out my two cents? Oh, I would I would love it, and I think people who listen to us would love it too. Obviously, they would. All right, here's my two cents, Dustin. I know this team has lost their two big games to Michigan and Ohio State. I know it. I get it. But this is a much better team right now than it was to at the start of the season. They've now played four good games in a row. Minnesota, Ohio State, despite faltering late in that game, they played really well. Then Indiana now just absolutely dominating Maryland. The defense is playing with more confidence. They figured out how to deal with these running backs, and they're both fantastic, both freshmen. They figured out that short yardage situation, and it's actually it's this fun formation with the, the T formation. They, look, they know to play multiple tight ends on the field at the same time. The offensive line is doing their thing with two or three starters out. The defense is showing all kinds of depth. I'm going to give some credit to the coaching staff. This team has improved through the year. Okay? There's my two cents. Is it possible what we're looking at here, Jim, is a good football team? Is that a possibility? And... You know, I I think there have been reasons along the way, obviously, to doubt. Um, obviously, the Michigan game and the the nature in which that game was lost was tough to handle. Uh, the week before, you know, the the game before that, two weeks prior, Northwestern in those rainy conditions with all those fumbles, seventeen seven. That was, you know, that kind of planted some more seeds of doubt. I th- even think the week before that against Central Michigan, uh, the 33-14 game where they weren't able to open up that Central Michigan defense and push the ball down the field. 
He had a couple disappointments there, three straight, I would say. But for the most part, the way they opened the season and the way that they played in the last four games, I mean, I think you can look at this and, and to your point, see quite a few improvements, um, see better depth than what we saw last year. Um, and I think just stringing together four pretty consistent games, especially the last two where you weren't sure where the drive or where the hunger was going to be, especially Indiana uh, last week. But, you know, to, to, to have this Maryland team come in and to remove any sense of hope really from the opening drive, I thought was important. Like they, I, I wouldn't say it's like killer instinct necessarily, but it's almost like, let's prove to this team that we're just better right and 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 stomp them out early and really make it so this is not much of a game and i think they were do they they were able to do that I don't think you wanted that Maryland team to feel like they were in it. You didn't want uh, Talia Tangavailoa to feel like, you know, he was he was starting to find a rhythm. And they just they just were dominant in this one. And I know we can talk about some of those other elements individually, but um, thirty to nothing, no complaints with that one at all. They're eight and two now, uh, big favorites again this weekend, and uh, ten and two certainly looks like it's on the table. And I disagree with people who say that just because you lost your your two biggest games means that this is a lost season. I'm with you completely here, Dusty. And just a quick note for those who worry about this type of thing, like me, uh, the spread coming up against Rutgers, the initial is 19 points, which seems about right. Um, And just a quick, if I had to make that bet right now, I think I'd take Penn State and give up 19 points. So let's, let's start with the best part of this team right now, which is the defense, Dusty. Didn't Maryland come into this game, their offense averaging over 30 points a game, a very good quarterback, a couple of weapons, good running back, a couple good receivers. It was a mismatch, total and complete mismatch. And that's without Joey Porter, your best cornerback, and Curtis Jacobs, arguably your best linebacker. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the most encouraging things we've seen all season, the way, the way this defense performed. I, I, mean, I think right off the bat, you know, a couple things. Number one, uh, Tonga Bailoa, he has the ability to get hot when he's feeling good. I don't think he came into this game feeling particularly good. I know he, he's been dealing with some injury stuff that had limited his mobility. Uh, so there's that. Um, the, the other part of it is, you know, when you, when you have probably, at least in this game, five or six defensive linemen who were capable of winning their one-on-one matchups more often than they lost it, you just had you just had guys bursting through the line, one, two, three of them, in almost every single play. So this game, I think, was very much won in the trenches. Um, I think they were able to make sure that, you know, Tonga Vailoa's bad feelings from the week before at Wisconsin carried over into this one, made it so those weapons were really non-factors. Even when the ball came out and, and was delivered, yeah, Penn State's cornerbacks were making plays. And as you said, without Joey Porter Jr., it was a, it was a non-injury issue. I'm not really sure what that might be. But, yeah, to be down two guys like that and, and to step up and deliver, I think, really showcased the depth up front, you know, to have Kaziah Izzard winning matchups, to have Nick Tarburton winning matchups, Adisa Isaac, uh, Chop Robinson, Denai Dennis Sutton, uh, you know, like a number of guys, Hakeem Beeman uh, got a sack in this game, a number of guys making plays behind the line of scrimmage, I think kind of says it all. And I think that, 
you know, you can discredit Maryland and say that they played poorly and they did, but I think Penn state was a, a big factor in that. And I think the depth that they were able to have up front that got pressure was a huge factor in this game. And there were so many factors on this defense that I want to compliment them on. First of all, as you mentioned, depth with a couple of very good players out. Manny Diaz and this defense. I'm a Manny Diaz fanboy, Dustin, and I think I, it's justified. Bit of a clunker against Michigan, but other than that, this defense has been solid all year. And, and, and what I better. love... And and get and getting better and getting deeper. You know, I, I think that I think that's one area where they've played so many guys, and that's the whole point of it is to develop that depth. You know, and it's not just in case they're needed for injury, although that we we saw that in this game. I think it's the helping guys get better from week one to now, and helping to make sure that they're always in position to make plays. So there's that, and what I love is you know I think Manny Diaz. Uh, you know, I think at times he could just lay back and, and just say, hey, we're getting good pressure with these front four. Let's just let them do their thing and we'll drop back. But he he shifts his strategy around where he'll bring some funky pressure. He'll bring he'll bring a defensive back or whatever. But, he, you know, I think there are times. So he's always keeping opponents guessing with what with what his strategy is going to be more than willing to be aggressive. But you just never know what you're going to get. And uh I think that that's been huge. I mean, I don't think Maryland really quite was able to settle in for anything because pressure was coming from everywhere all the time. And he also seems to have the ability to take these guys who have special talent and accentuate it. A couple names come to mind, right? Abdul Carter. And I'm not sure if you could see this from at home, but at the game, I there was a play, Abdul Carter was uh, spying the quarterback, okay? It was obvious. He was just sitting there spying, and as soon as Talia made his way out of the pocket, Abdul Carter showed so much speed, athleticism to get there. No, it was not a sack or tackle for loss because the quarterback threw it away, but it was obvious the physical traits you saw. But you're seeing those things not just from him but from Chop Robinson, from Kalen King, who you can leave on an island covering someone, which means you could do so many other things. It feels, Dusty, to me, like he's accentuating those guys who are just playing star players. He, he knows he's got athletes. He knows he's got special talent. You know, Abdul Carter's a special talent because he's, you know, 6'4", 235. But also when he plants and drives and makes a determination, makes a decision, he moves with such aggression and uh, wanting to punish uh, that I think that's what you're describing. You know, when, when when he diagnoses and sees what's going on, is able to close ground in a hurry. And, you know, I think in this game, not only did he get a sack and he forced a fumble and he broke up a pass, which I love. I, I love the Abdul Carter blitz where he knows he's not going to get there and he just jumps so high in the air. You can't throw it around him. That's what happened in this game. And then he had two quarterback hurries. So that's Abdul Carter 
you know, being put in a position to be his best self. And I don't know, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Brent Pry, but I, I don't know if he was doing the same thing at the same level that it looks like Yemeni Diaz is doing. You know, how else do you explain? You know, I was on a, a Maryland podcast last week and I and I was like, yeah, and, and team co-sack leader Johnny Dixon is also another pretty good depth component. You know, for, for him to, uh, you know, use these guys, Jair Brown, obviously, in the same capacity, uh, to to bring pressure, like I, I think he he is definitely across the board recognizing what his guys do well and putting in them in position to make those plays with consistency. And Abdul Carter, you talk about the improvement on the defense and the depth of, of the defense. His presence in the lineup has, I think, really changed things for the better. And you know what, Dusty, everyone is using that they pitched a shutout, and you know I love my baseball. First half, they pretty much threw a perfect game, okay? Just the quick stats from halftime. First downs, 14-4. to Uh, Net passing yards, Maryland had 20. Seven net rushing yards. Maryland had a total of 27 yards on 27 plays. Now, I'm no math wizard, Dusty. I think that comes out to one yard per play. You're going to win a lot of games that way. That's it for quarter number one. Defense, we got lots more to talk about, including the quarterback. Stick with with us for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. 
Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, I'm just like feeling so good about this team right now after this game. And I want to stay on the positive stuff, okay? Do you mind if we stay positive? I don't think there's any reason to drift into nitpicking yet. I, th- I think just in general, just to go with that, uh, the fact that they they won this game 30 to nothing and there's, there is some stuff, it's not just nitpicking, there is some stuff that was far from a perfect game, I think is an encouraging fact in itself. It is. And trust me, I will get to my nitpicking in a while. But I just want to stay positive. I want to roll positive, okay? Let's talk offensive line. Again, essentially three starters out. No Fashanu, no Landon Tangwall, no Caden Wallace. And they played another nice game, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it helps. You know, the, these last two opponents have not been... Um, you know, I don't think they're, they're overflowing with monsters, uh, in, in the trenches, but I would still point to the last two, three, maybe even, you know, the entirety of James Franklin's tenure. And you can look at the offensive line and say, how many times could they have been without two or three starters and still been able to execute at a pretty high level in offense. And I don't really know that there's been many occasions, uh, at Penn state since James Franklin got there in 2014 where they've been able to absorb those blows and not really have it make a noticeable difference in, in the offense. And I think all the credit goes to, you want to you know complain about Phil Troutwine last year, I think you need to kind of pat that guy on the back this year. You can't have a you can't have it both ways. You know, I think I think this group is in pretty good shape. And, you know, I, I did a, a, a podcast late last week and, and I found myself gushing about the sustainability and the continuity of the offensive line looking forward as well. You know, we just looking at like who could or, or might be back next year, who's coming in in 2023, the guys that you feel good about now. I think Drew Shelton, um, his arrival, so to speak, lends um, optimism to, to the future. So I really feel like, not to say that the offensive line has turned the corner for sure, but Man, I mean, I think it's just encouraging that they're operating at 60% strength in their starting lineup, or 40% strength if you count Caden Wallace, and they're still getting that job done. Exactly. I'll say it if you won't. I do believe they've turned a corner, and it doesn't mean they're going to be fantastic the rest of the way, or next year it's going to be a great offensive line. But with what we've been dealing with the last several years, just to have a competent offensive line is enough. Now. I'm saying even an average offensive line would be great to have after what we've dealt with. In the backfield, though, if we're going to talk running backs, Dustin, and you always, every week you send me your notes, and it was fascinating, and I couldn't agree with you more. You talk about a role reversal between Singleton and Allen. Tell me why you said that. Yeah, so, I mean, it looked like, um, and this is in-season development, I think. All the credit to Jaywan Sider and to James Franklin and Mike Yersich, you know, everybody who's kind of calling the shots here. But what we had seen for weeks at a time was, you know, really going back to like that Auburn game and the week before where Nick Singleton is just ripping off chunk plays on the edge. And they're using him that way. And why wouldn't you use him that way? And it was really to the point where, you know, 
know, I just had some doubts about where Nick Singleton was and how good he was rushing uh, in the interior, rushing between the tackles. And Catron Allen, meanwhile, with that cutback ability and his vision and his patience and his ability to just kind of slip through little creases, had done a great job there. So in this game, so not only the role reversal in terms of who started, it was Nick Singleton this week, it was Catron Allen last week, kind of doesn't matter who starts because you know roughly what to expect from them in terms of workload. But you saw a lot of Nick Singleton running between the tackles. And you saw a lot of Nick Singleton doing a really good job running between the tackles. It was almost like before he was either running directly into an opposing defender in, in, in a hole or he was bouncing it outside to whether that was successful or not. So now in this game, there was a lot more nuance. I felt like the Nick Singleton's running and a little bit uh, and, and a much better pace to his game. And so he did all the work in, in, in between the tackles and you saw a lot more of Katron Allen work in the outside. So it was like, you know, like, they, they just kind of like, it was like Freaky Friday, like Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. They, they just switched roles um, all of a sudden. But I think it's so encouraging, you know, especially Nick Singleton finding consistency in, in between the tackles. And then for him to be counted on in these two fourth and one situations, he comes running onto the field because he wasn't on the field prior to that. It's almost like this is your job now. And so for the, him to develop to the point where they're saying fourth and one, Nick Singleton, this is you, means that he's come miles from the guy who was trying to bounce everything to the outside. And it's not, you know, he's not unique in that fact. You see a lot of young runners trying to break the big one all the time, especially when you had so much luck breaking the big one early in the year. You've seen him settle into a really good running back now. And you know, where it's, and, and Katron Allen did some pretty good work on the, on the exterior. So it's like, you saw both of these guys sort of um, get beyond whether they're limitations or, or defined roles. And you saw them thrive in those roles, um, especially Nick Singleton in this game. And extra points to you for the Freaky Friday reference, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other part to this is you mentioned, you know, on fourth and one, like, hey, Nick Singleton's job. But you also saw Katron Allen on in the same formation in a short yardage situation get the job done. The other part to this, and I'm going to, uh, you know, throw out some kudos to Mike Yursich. This, he's figured it out now. No, there's a couple good tight ends here. I put two tight ends on the field, and it's not on, only on third and fourth and short, but when it is third and fourth and short, and you know how frustrating that's been to Penn State fans over the last several years, now with this full house backfield, this T formation with either two running backs and a tight end, or they did some two tight ends and one running. Essentially, they're two fullbacks back there, Dusty. They found something there. And now just that added dimension where you have Singleton's breakaway ability on that fourth and one. Like I said, I feel like they've improved and they figured things out. And I, I do love that formation. When, when you got guys that you expect to be dual threats, you know, receiving and blocking uh, at the tight end spot, they are going to embrace that, that role. If, if they are lead blockers, they're going to embrace that. But what you also have is the ability to, to start with that full house backfield, shift out of it, and put guys anywhere you want in the formation. You've got the ability now, like, and this speaks to 
Um, Nick Singleton doing the job between the tackles and Katron Allen, you know, working the perimeter more. You do have the option of, of going just about any direction you've got with this. So as much as this has been successful, especially in short yardage, we haven't, they haven't needed to bust out wrinkles out of that formation. You know, and most of the time that formation is used in a situation where you're not really trying to get nonsensical. You're not really trying to get too cute with it, but they do have this thing set up to, to break out, um, you know, a pitch play or, or to, you know, to have a zone read or whatever. You have all kinds of options out of it now. Um, so I love that formation and it, it does all begin with the, the running backs being able to get the job done in short yardage and for these tight ends to be a, a viable threat um, as blockers, as well as receivers. And remember earlier in the year when they first broke it out, it was about the quarterback sneak and Brenton Strange behind him pushing him. I want to add one more note to that formation. And again, it was only in re-watching it. Brenton Strange is in the middle of this blocking on, it seems like, every big play. And the the other part to it is I love him starting to celebrate before Singleton reaches the end zone. Yeah. And he's earned it by making the big block. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think... um you know, strange in particular, he doesn't just view that as a responsibility that he has to tolerate. Like you get the impression that he takes some pro- he takes a good bit of pride in it uh, and he finds some joy in not just getting a guy sealed off, but to try to to try to, you know, plant that guy on his butt. You know, he, he, he wants to he wants to do something dominant as a blocker. And I think like that's that's really refreshing too, and helps this this new identity of the Penn State offense is having tight ends who who do take pride in that. And Brenton Strange for sure, you know I, I love what Brenton Strange has done all season, and I love the fact that you know he's made an impact on the offense. Even though you know we saw him hot as a receiver to start, we've seen his role kind of fluctuate a little bit in that regard. Doesn't change things one bit for him, and that's exactly what Penn State wants in a tight end is a guy just like Brenton Strange. He's been fantastic in a lot of ways. Uh, Real quickly, let's hit it because it was out there. Would you think of James Franklin doing his push-ups on the sideline? I don't know. I I put it in the same category as him doing that big dramatic pause for Sean Clifford being Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week where it was just, um, you know, it, it it was an act. Like, I get it. You know, everybody, I, I I guess if you commit a stupid foul, a penalty or whatever, you have to be accountable for it. But I've never seen players doing push-ups on the sidelines. I think James Franklin knew full well that the cameras were going to find him. Uh, and, and, and he did that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was kind of goofy, but uh, it is what it is. Like, if, if you if you lose this game and you're doing push-ups on the sidelines, then, you know, people are calling for his head. And saying, what are you doing, coach? The fact that they won and were dominant makes it kind of like you can shrug it off, I guess. Well, this this is glass half full, Jim, today. I'm going to put the more positive spin on it, <laughs> Dusty. I'll take it. First of all, I, I mean, they could still be playing right now, and I don't think Maryland would hit the end zone, okay? So the game Agreed. was in hand. I think if he's trying to make a point to his players – Okay, I get that too. He did 15 push-ups, one for every yard. He was penalized. He looked pretty good doing it too. It, it wasn't a strain. And if some recruit is watching this game, 
saying, you know, this guy's having a little bit of fun with it and making a point. I want to play for that kind of coach. So I'm I'm very okay with it. I don't know if I like this gym, if we're being honest with it. I I, I don't like sweet gym. I want I want salty gym to come back, but I guess salty gym if they lose 30 to nothing, then we get salty gym. So it's like, you know, so, some good, some bad. Well, I'll tell you what though, Dusty. You are in luck. Because I saved Salty Jim up for quarter number three. <laughs> and and by complete sheer coincidence, quarter number three, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> Odd. Yeah, just a crazy coincidence, Dusty. So if you want Salty Jim, stick around for quarter number three. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith, and I am Salty Jim. Dustin, ask me why I'm salty. Jim, why are you so Penn State won 30 to nothing. They're 8 and 2, Jim. They took care of business. They dominated this game. What on earth is there to be salty about? I'm so glad you asked that question, Dustin. Let me share with you why I am salty. <laughs> I you know, I came away from this game so happy about so many things. The defense, the offensive line, the running backs, I was so frustrated with Sean Clifford in this game, though, Dustin. 
And I was just showing you the notes that I keep during the game on each possession. I just write little notes of things that I want to remember, things that happen. And it's like almost every single offensive possession, there was something that Sean Clifford did that upset me. And it wasn't just um, inaccurate passes happens. Quarterbacks aren't perfect. They never are. But it's the type of things. Players open deep. And it's not so much that Sean Clifford misses them with the pass. He doesn't give them an opportunity. The player has a couple steps. Give enough loft to let the receiver run under the ball. There were times when he, and you know what? I learned this from our buddy T. Frank, who says one of the issues with Sean Clifford is he'll abandon the pocket too early. So I'll watch for that. He's not really under threat, and he bails out. Well, he did that again. Then, and I don't know if you want to put this on the coaches or on the quarterback, but at the end of the first half, complete a pass with for first down. The clock stops till they reset the ball. 19 seconds left. You're probably not going to get to run four plays anyway. Just get up there, spike the ball. He's making adjustments. They didn't snap the ball till there were like 10 seconds left. If he had got up to the line of scrimmage, just spiked it, you have 18 seconds. You could still run two more plays and still have time to kick the field goal or run a third play. You know, So this is my sixth-year senior who's supposed to be aware of all these things. So... And to finish along, my last point on Salty Jim with the quarterback situation was James Franklin's use of them and the talk after the game when he was asked, why didn't you have Drew Aller at least start the second half? And he he used the expression, he said, early in the season would have a plan to get Drew in at a certain series, but we're way past that now. Wait a minute. You mean early in the year when he's still less experienced, you were going to try to get him in for a significant series, say, in the first half. But now, now that we're 10 games into the season, you have no incentive to do that. And he needed to wait till the game was entirely out of hand. As I mentioned earlier, I think Maryland still hasn't crossed the 50-yard line, Dusty. Yeah. All right, end of rant. Well, that component is James Franklin regressing to the James Franklin that we've you know known him to be when it comes to managing this quarterback situation for several years now uh, you mentioned T Frank and, and and the one throw a third and ten throw to Keandre Lambert Smith who's got a pretty good opening in the middle of the field where he airmails air it uh, T Frank tweeted something's holding this offense back but I can't put my finger on it and, and it's a video clip of Sean Clifford overthrowing Keandre Lambert Smith. Like that's a, that's a pretty strong statement there from, from T Frank. And, you know, and, and I, and I spot no lies in, in that statement, you know, like I, I think the fact that the running game has developed, the fact that they've got two uh, talented, mature, poised, dynamic freshman running backs has taken away some of the, um, impact I would say of Sean Clifford and the the timeliness of, of these poor throws and the fact that overthrowing wide receivers in the deep game has happened so incredibly consistently for years now Jim 
he it's it's just not him, you know. And, and I expressed concern over this part of Penn State's offense earlier in the year. And I think maybe I overstated my concern about it in terms of what it does for the offense in terms of bringing that uh, to a screeching halt. Like that was around the time where Central Michigan was playing cover zero and Penn State physically could not beat it because they couldn't do that down the field. But, you know, it still is an ongoing concern and you can win 30 to nothing. He was 12 out of 23 for 139 yards and a touchdown in this game. He didn't have to be 12 out of 23 for a buck 39. And it's like if Nick Singleton doesn't bust through on these two fourth down long touchdown runs, then the ball's back in Sean Clifford's hands and he's got to, you know, he's got to continue that march down the field. But yeah, I think it's just been, you know, so much of this. You know, we're going on, it's going to be 45 games or whatever of Sean Clifford. We haven't seen a different Sean Clifford in any of those games, for better or worse. He does some good things sometimes, and I'm sure when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he sees things that a freshman can't, but he's still doing the same stuff that we remember from 2019. And it, it the, the frustration of it is that it's like, Everybody can see it except for James Franklin and Sean Clifford sometimes. And uh, I just hate to pick on the guy so much, but it's just so bizarre that this is the game, the game that encapsulates everything that, that Penn State fans, so many of them can't wait for Sean Clifford to get out of here for, is the game that he breaks Trace McSorley's career passing record. <laughs> you know, you talk about accumulation. You know, this has been a theme, speaking of baseball, you know, hall the Hall of Fame discussion. Were you an impact player or were you an accumulator? Uh, Sean Clifford is like the Rafael Palmero of of quarterbacks, where he played so long, you can average twenty home runs. But if you play forty eight seasons, man, you got a lot of home runs. <laughs> I, you know what? First the Freaky Friday reference, then you go in with the baseball stuff, Dusty. I love it, and. You know, and the thing is, and I won't put words in your mouth that you're saying this. I'm saying this. I'm still not necessarily saying bench Clifford to play Aller. I'm not. However, the reasons to never put Aller in there during a significant series with the starters, and all the more reason in this game, Dustin, it was pretty evident in two or three possessions, Maryland was not going to move the ball against this defense. And if your hesitation to put the true freshman in is, oh, what if he makes a big mistake? What if he has a foolish fumble or interception? I'm so fearful of the turnover by the quarterback. Oh, wait a minute. I'm probably more likely to get that from the six-year senior, okay? So if I don't, I still don't mind Sean Clifford being the starter. I don't. And I still believe he can do good things for you. But it's become evident he's no longer really a threat running the ball. He does make mental errors. He makes physical errors. I don't think you're being all that much riskier. And you're going these when you finish the game and have James Franklin saying, oh, I had to be careful with Aller because I'm putting backups in. If your issue is you want them to be in there with starters, guess what, James? Your head coach, you have control over this. You could get them in the game with the starters in there. 
I think th- this was kind of the the frust- fr- the frustrating part for for me just watching from a player development standpoint and and what are you doing to to make sure that Drew Aller gets the right kind of reps. Um, I, I'm with you all the way that whether the game's in hand, out of hand, like that's the management part of it. I'm also with you in the fact that I'm not I, I'm not calling for Drew Aller to to supplant uh, Sean Clifford as the starter. I and you know, anybody who is in that boat is just beating their head against the wall because James Franklin, like I've said a bunch of times, will never be doing it. So why, you know, why are you frustrating yourself with that? But I do think that it's a disservice to Drew Allen. And I, I get like every snap is a good thing for him, um, but especially in rainy conditions. But, you know, when he's playing behind, uh, you know, reserves and he's got Tank Smith behind him and it's a clear and obvious running situation, you're not really putting him in position to, to grow a whole lot um, in, in games like this, in situations like this. And that's why, you know, I think people get frustrated is like, you know, you put Dreller in a game where he wasn't in a position to, to grow at all. He wasn't in a position to get better from that. He was just in there executing basic stuff and handing it off to Tank Smith. No disrespect to Tank Smith, but like, let's put him in a situation where he does have starters around him and where he is being asked to do some things. And, and, and then we'll see. But like this, this whole notion that, you know, Sean Clifford gives you a better chance to go one and zero each week. All right, yeah, I, 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 I might concede that, but it's like if Sean Clifford gives you a sixty percent chance to win, Drew Aller gives you like a fifty six percent chance to win. Is that really worth not putting him in the game in a situation where he can, you know, learn and do more? Put him in a position where mistakes hurt. Okay, you know, like and and by the way, he he shows less of a propensity to make mistakes than Clifford does. Exactly. And the other part to that argument, Dusty, is remember early in the year, I'm going to create depth. If that means, you know, rotating, I had so many players play defense, and I got news for you. Anytime Joey Porter Jr. is not in the game, you don't have your best out there. But yet Joey Porter Jr. gets rotated out, okay? And the same thing with, you know, Pick your best linebacker, pick your best lineman. P.J. Mustafer, they're not as good when he's not in the game, but you rotate out. I get it. I know different positions are, are different, but you've already established in other positions you'll play a lesser player, and you'll do it very early in the game. So why not with Aller? And I think now it's almost where he's dug in his heels, the fans want it so badly. It's almost like to prove a point, he's not going to do it. You made reference to his pregnant pause when Sean Clifford was big 10 offensive player of the week. It was kind of like there. See, I've told you all along, Sean Clifford's the guy. Such a goofy gotcha moment. I can't stop. Like I can't stop thinking about that. And and I, I I hear loud and clear the fans who are like, get rid of him, get rid of him. But you're just setting yourself up for failure. If you go into it expecting Jane Franklin to not play Drew Aller, then you're starting with a pretty fair expectation. And you can only be pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of people out there who who are calling for the benching of Sean Clifford who are just going to wake up disappointed every single day. It's it's not going to happen. It's not. Again, my point and yours is you could still play Aller significant minutes. That's it for quarter number three. We'll wrap it all up in quarter number four. Stay tuned for that.
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania. And delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four, brought to you by GoPSURV.com. Dustin, there's one home game left. That's in two weeks. If you want to have yourself a really good time in Happy Valley, check it out. GoPSURV.com. They have the RVs. It's there, ready and waiting for you. You just drive in with your car, all set up. Fantastic weekend. Lots of fun tailgating. From Friday to Sunday, can't beat it. They give you the bus to take you into the game. You don't have to worry about the hassle of parking. And best of all, if you tell Mark you want the KSN RV special, you get $500 off for the weekend. So make sure you call gopsurv.com at 800-519-8467 for all the details. Speaking of details, Dusty. Let's wrap up the show with some of the little tidbits we didn't get to so far in the first three quarters. The first one, I want to mention, keeping along the salty gym line, I think you know by now, one of my absolute pet peeves is defensive players who don't rap when they tackle. Oh, yeah. I just, I watched the replay of this game. I remember watching the game and seeing the point there was only one time because the tackling was so good, I saw Johnny Dixon do that. He hit the guy, 
and he didn't go down. Now, to his credit, he then went back, had a second shot at it, and, and made the tackle. But just in watching the replay, as he's walking off the field, I think it was Terry Smith was right there telling him the rap. I was so happy to see that, Dusty. Yeah, that's a good and, – and I think um, for the most part, Penn State's cornerbacks – uh, for a while, but uh, especially looking at this year, are eager, willing, and able tacklers. They are not just viewing themselves as coverage guys. They are, you know, for the most part, pretty physical dudes who who don't mind um, getting their hands dirty in, in that part of it. So, yeah, this was one. Okay, Johnny Dixon made a mistake. Uh, he was called out for it. Kind of shows the standard that they have for for cornerbacks who are willing to be physical, willing willing to support in the run game. They're not really going to tolerate the same way that they don't want tight ends who are only receivers. Uh, they don't want cornerbacks who are only coverage guys. And, and you need that, you know. I, especially like you know the the way that college football is going. Like you need guys to tackle on the perimeter. It's not really a luxury anymore. You need those guys to support in the run game. And they do a pretty good job of it. They really do. There's, You can see there were play after play. Uh, Jair Brown especially is a guy who comes up from his safety position, but so do the others. We did see it on other plays with Johnny Dixon. Uh, we we see it with uh, with K- Kalen King. It It is a great element of this team that their DBs do come up, get involved in, in the running game. The other thing, and you mentioned this, I think a lot of people would like Penn State Maryland to be a rivalry. Yeah, it ain't a rivalry, is it? No, I mean, I, I think, uh, and when when the Big Ten uh, welcomed Rutgers and, and Maryland, you know, Penn State was kind of circled uh, by a lot of people, but I think by both of these schools, and I think James Franklin played into it a, a little bit too. You know, and you had the you know refusing to shake Penn State players' hands, and you had you know, a Maryland win back then and you had Rutgers talking trash and, and all that. Um, you know, the way that Penn state has developed over time, like the last two seasons, you know, notwithstanding, you know, they, they're just not in, in a position to, to be rivals. And, you know, looking at Maryland, like I, I think Maryland has done a great job of recruiting and they've done a great job of building a roster that can compete uh, with, with playmakers and skill guys and, you know, Mike Loxley deserves a lot of credit for that, but they've also, I think, underachieved with all that talent. Like it's been, it's been four or five years of consistently bringing good talent there, and they just haven't really seized the opportunity to. Like I, I think the opportunity is there to, you know, for a lot of teams to become the fourth best team in the Big Ten, and Maryland hasn't been able to do it. And I, I just think the personality of this program is just. Uh, you know, you've seen it with penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams uh, in the country. You saw it, you know, untimely penalties in this one. Not that they made a difference in a win or a loss, but they just seem to happen at awful times. Um, and I, th- I think that just that just follows them around. And until something like that changes, uh, until Maryland can actually win with some consistency against a team like Penn State, yeah, it's it's not going to be a rivalry. You know, it has a lot of ingredients to be a rivalry, but it just doesn't have the results to suggest that that Maryland is in the same class as Penn State. And they do get chippy quite a bit, this Maryland team, and which you're not good enough to be chippy. The other thing with them, too, is 
this is a pretty good quarterback. We've seen him before. There's a lot of talent there. And as you said, he's got some of the, you know, tools around him. Uh, the King Jarrett, the wide receiver is very talented. You know, some of the pieces are there, but it just really hasn't been put together. Uh, another element of this game. How about Jake Benninger? Yeah, good when for him. When did that happen that we can be so confident in him now? Well, I mean, so the the thing that really struck me in this game, uh, number one, obviously making a 50-yard field goal for the second time, I think, it, what is it, in three games, and then following it up with a 46-yarder. You know, looking at the 46-yarder, um, he he's stroking it with confidence. You know, I don't know if we've ever seen him really kicking with a great deal of confidence before. Whatever goes into I don't know what all is going into that. Um, success, failure, you know, like – the, the way the position that he's been in, you know, to not be the only slash primary kicker uh, to be giving way to, to guys on, on deeper field goals. He, he looked like a different guy um, kicking it and driving it, not just trying to guide it or steer it through the uprights. He's he's just it's like he's focused on his technique and, he, and he's driving the ball. And that is really big. I mean, we haven't seen games really come down to Jake Pinnaker, but who knows, like Michigan State, the way that those games go or bowl game, you know, it, I think we're starting to see Jake Pinnaker be the best that he's been. And he's also settled into being a pretty decent um, kickoff guy too. So got to be happy for, for that guy. Nobody really wanted him or nobody was really all that excited that he was back as the, the kicker with experience, you know, like I, I was probably guilty of that at, at times too. And that's why James Franklin led things off in his post game was saying, he's really happy for Jake. And, you know, I, I think people should be really happy for Jake. That's a tough when, when you're kind of roaming through the wilderness and you're in your own head and you're uh, wandering and, and that's all that's left is, is for you to battle your yourself mentally and, and internally He's come out the other side, I think. And this was a really good game for him. I'm happy for him, too. He, he really has. And it's nice to see. And I'm glad you mentioned the kickoffs also. Did, did a great job with that. Meanwhile, the new poll came out. And your Penn State Nittany Lions, Dusty, are up to number 11. I don't think they're over overrated either. You know, I, I, th- I think they've gone on a, on a journey here. They've uh, they endured that beat down at Michigan in a style matchup that they just weren't ready for. Maybe they're more ready for it now than they were back then. I don't know. But uh, Ohio State, you kind of did your usual thing and pushed into the brink and weren't able to finish the job. But for the most part, this is a good team that can run with consistency on a lot of different people, um, can defend just about anybody. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they're deserving of that. And I think they're going to be deserving of a, of a pretty good, um, bowl bid when it's all said and done, you still just have to take care of business. Uh, one more week here on the road against Rutgers. And then I'm really looking at that home game against Michigan state. There have been crazier circumstances where Penn state, uh, has been favored before over a team that, that looks like it doesn't belong in the same field as Penn state. And just for some reason, hasn't gotten the job done. This energy that they've had against Indiana and Maryland and the and the um you know the ambition that they seem to be playing with has to carry on for two more weeks now. Mentioning bowl game, Dusty. Who knows? You and I may be making a trip again. Keep I'll be watching with interest. Let's put it that way. Just uh, keep that under your hat right now. Another really nice note from this game, Dusty. An appearance by Zariah Fisher. Remember, injury and out for the season? 
Love that. Love that. You know, like you don't expect a guy to go through what he's gone through and make his way back. So clearly, you know, I, I think we saw him on the practice field for the first time, what, like two weeks ago, I think. And now you see him on the field and everybody noticed him on the field. He got a tackle in this game. Uh, clearly, Zariah Fisher has maniacally worked to get ahead of the recovery timetable he was given. I don't know what recovery timetable he was given, but certainly it was more than what's it been six or seven months or something like that. Uh, so he, I, I don't think that happens by accident. I think maybe genetics play a part in that, but I think it probably suggests to me that this kid's made up of something, you know, like he, he, he worked and willed himself to get back on the field and he was rewarded for it in this one. So I think it just kind of, you know, speaking of continuity and speaking of looking ahead to 2023 and, and you got to think about this guy now, he's not, he's not been forgotten. And Dusty, that's a real good point, too. When you watch these games now over these last four, and I think I'm not concerned about this team feeling like they're not playing for anything because the young guys are showing so much and they've got so much ahead of them that I'm not concerned this year about a bowl game and certain players perhaps opting out. And, you know, I don't want to be unfair to these players, but whatever the issue is with Joey Porter, and I think they called it an off-the-field injury, he is going to be a first-round pick. Fashanu's going to be a first-round pick. Would you be stunned if we don't see those guys on the field the rest of the season? No, I I, I wouldn't. I mean, the, you look at the incentive structure and, and everything, and this is just kind of where the game is going, where you have uh, individual players who have more rights and they have a bigger voice and uh, there's big money out there to, to be made or squandered if something goes horribly wrong over these next few weeks. Uh, so I think this is just kind of the mentality where if you're not 100% or if you're playing at 75%, uh, you have to look at this in, in, the, in the bigger picture and, and see that, you know, the, the player, it just might not be worth it. So, uh, which again, it's, it's great that Kalen King looks like a, a number one cornerback and it's great that Drew Shelton looks like a pretty darn good left tackle. And that's the other part to this, Dusty. We're already, we saw over this past weekend, Penn State play without their two first round draft picks from next year. And yeah. guess what? They may have played their best game of the season. I know, I know there's a lot of fans out there who's thinking, huh, maybe Sean Clifford should go get ready for the draft. Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> what what draft? On, the military draft? <laughs> oh, that's tough. <laughs> On that note, Dusty, thank you for your stellar work today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with GoPSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with GoPSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.